Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I'm really pumped to be here today. Five summers ago, I pounded, I founded the Queer Improv Show. Thank you for coming out, or TIFCO as we call it. Um, and it is now one of the longest running queer improv shows in New York City. And during the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Uh, this format is a little bit different, but we still get to hear uh, really special moments um, in our guests' lives. So our guest today, I'm super pumped, Lene DePriest, they, them pronouns. How are you? I am fantastic. So excited to be here. Amazing. I'm really excited to have you here. Are your are your glasses fogging up? Because mine. Yes. Is okay. <laughs> <laughs> glasses problem. Yeah. Seriously. Um, so I just kind of want to dive in, and I'd love to hear. We all come out multiple times and have multiple moments. So I would love for you to just share with me one uh, that you would like us to hear. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's yeah. I I struggled a lot with my gender identity as a kid and it was something that I never talked about because there were other struggles because you know life and constantly coming out yeah um and then I kind of hit a point actually through your show (laughs) so thank you wow you're welcome (laughs) um having a moment of just like going around in a circle and like someone asking me my pronouns and I was like "Mm, she her whatever makes you comfortable right and then hit a point where I was like no it's what makes me comfortable they're my pronouns Mm -hmm. Um, so I decided to put together a variety show as like my way of coming out as non-binary because <laughs> I needed one. It's like, I didn't want to come out and hope for community. Mm-hmm. I wanted to surround myself with community and come out with like a, a blanket, if yeah, you will, I instead will. of, you know, it's like coming out is, oh, there's so many times you come out and it's like, you don't know what the reaction is going to be. You don't know, like, am I about to maybe lose this lifelong friend or family member or whoever? Um, so I was like, I'm going to put together this show and uh, what was the name of it? It was very long because I was like, I'm going to include everybody. Um, it was, uh, uh, oh, what was the first part of it? It was the... Uh, transgender bender non-binary mixer I don't remember what the what was like the first part of the name um but I hosted this show and started out and like the beginning of the show um got up on stage and was just like surprise (laughs) for anyone doesn't know um I'm non-binary my pronouns are they them um no more of that like trying to make it about anyone else I'm just gonna keep it about me and uh, yeah, and then proceeded to have a really great variety show with so many friends and just like celebrating that. And uh, hasn't been like that for everyone. I just yeah. went back to San Diego to visit my parents for the first time in like three years. And they both know, um, but it was just like so great to be at home, but also very exhausting. It was like the constant like, did we get it right? Did we get it right? Mm. Did I call you she? Is it okay? Did I call, what, what? And it's like, and I was like, mm. sometimes I won't correct you. And it's not because it doesn't hit me in a place or doesn't hurt. It's just like, it gets exhausting constantly having to have a conversation because it's never just, 
hey, it's actually they, them, and then leaving it alone. It's right. always like, then I have to manage like feelings and like mm-hmm. it, it becomes about the other person, not about me. And really that's what it's about is how it's affecting me on the inside and like right. slowly dying. Um, they're, they're getting there. I, mm-hmm. when I, my mom dropped me off at the, at the airport and I hugged her and I was just like, Hey, the best way to get this right is to practice using my correct pronouns when I'm not around and mm-hmm. fumbling when I'm not around and gradually getting it right. So that when I am around, we don't have to have this constant conversation cause it's very exhausting. It's very draining. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, you know, it's heartwarming that they're trying yeah, and that people are trying and that I've had friends unexpectedly just kind of like when someone misgenders me, like we'll instantly swoop in and be like, pay them. And I'm like, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. So yeah, this sounds like an abridged version bouncing all over the place, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. I, I don't think I realized that you had come out at a, sh- in a show. Yeah. That's amazing and bold and just fucking awesome it well you inspired it so thank you that's really 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 nice um I think I I created thank you for coming out almost in the same vein of just needing community and Mm -hmm. there were no queer shows that I was aware of at, at least at the magnet yeah when it started and um, and any other ones, I, I just wasn't aware of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they definitely were out there. Uh, so I, I was like, I need this community. I need it. So I'm going to yeah. build it. And so it makes me really happy to hear that that has inspired other communities that are being built. Yeah. And t- because there's plenty of room and, uh, you know, people ask me when other queer shows pop up, if I'm angry that, you know, they're taking my idea. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's for, it's not my idea. It's just... I produce a show that has this format and honestly like we uh, queer people need space exactly so everyone everyone this is my invitation to you to produce a show and I will support it and I'll post about it right like um (laughs) but uh I'm just now I'm I'm just thinking of of what you were talking about with pronouns and parents and um I've had so many of those similar conversations and and with you know with other people too of you, you're not going to get better unless you try. You mm-hmm. have to at least try mm-hmm. and you have to practice and, and they are getting better. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's exhausting. It's, it's exhausting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love it when people swoop in right. and they're like, you have to do it. Right. It's like, thank you. I'm like <laughs> I can finally just like breathe for a second. Ugh. The best moments are when like if I'm teaching with um, another teacher in the classroom and it's like I don't expect you to also be like be teaching kids managing young kids and trying to like get to a finished product and then also remember my pronouns in the, in the midst of that like I, I forgive you if you whatever you need to do we got to get these kids on board yeah. <laughs> but it's such an amazing feeling um, the few times where like my co-teacher is like made it a point every time they referred to me was always they and they're just like I notice it and like the I mean young kids they're they're like yeah okay whatever right well then they're learning exactly they're seeing it normalized and they're seeing like okay this is the these are these person's pronouns exactly I said that wrong but you know what I mean yeah (laughs) and um yeah it's I it's one of those things it's like when people use my pronouns I feel euphoria Mm -hmm. it's like oh you see 
me. me. Exactly. And it's like I it's just it's a feeling that I don't know how to describe. But unless unless you live it. Yeah. It's like I don't how else do you put words to something like that? It it's yeah. I told my mom, um, I was like, anytime you refer to me as she, I it feels like you're talking to like one sixteenth of me. Hmm. And the rest of me doesn't exist. And that if you could sit with that feeling of like having a conversation with someone and they're only acknowledging like a very tiny kernel of you, that sucks. And like that was like the one thing where she was like, oh, oh, okay. Mm. Oh, I understand that. Mm. It's like, yeah, That's so cool. like talk to all of me, all of me, not just a little. And sometimes even that kernel doesn't exist. So like, right. you know, depending on the day, like you're just, you're just not talking to me. You're talking like around me, over me, through me, you know? And mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah, pronouns. Yeah, pronouns. I think back to basically. I've only so I've been using they them pronouns for two years, and so mm-hmm. at for and I'm 34, and so for 32 years of my life, like it, with the hindsight, I'm, every time someone referred to me as she, her, or mm-hmm. with my dead name, which is the name I was given at birth, I always there was always this disconnect or a quick or a like a slight disconnect pause mm-hmm. and I was like are they talking about me exactly are they talking to me and it was so quick that yeah. I was like you know I was able to respond immediately but in my mind every single time I was like me yeah oh I guess so I guess this is my life <laughs> you know that's how I feel at work every day because oh, I no. just it's like just not a conversation I want to get into um so I kind of just let it one of my clients like they definitely get it and so like I'm able to be myself one of my days a week at work um and the rest of it is just like constantly like anytime my boss says like oh she's doing this I'm like who's doing oh oh yeah of Mm. course I'm doing that right (laughs) like it's someday I hope to be able to be all of me everywhere and not just in certain places but there's some conversations I just don't have the energy to have yeah and uh yeah, when it's mixed in with money, it gets real complicated because I'm like, well, they got to live. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Uh. Yeah, I was at I was at a wedding this past weekend at home. And so I don't know if so I was misgendered a lot just mm. by by family members and people who like folks I was hanging out with. But yeah. and it's like I want. I want to like stick up for myself mm-hmm. and say, actually, my pronouns are they, them. But then I'm also like you said, I'm just, I'm tired. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to deal, most of the time it's like, I don't want to deal with educating you, mm-hmm. except when it's my job and then I'm supposed to be doing that. Of course. Um, but, and also there's just so much, I don't think people really realize how much emotional labor goes into. Yeah. it's defending who you are and saying, well, actually it is singular pronoun. Actually it has been used for thousands of years. Actually it's just, just, I told you this, these are my pronouns and Mm -hmm. that should be the end of the conversation. And it, but it It is, and so rarely is. It's it's so, yeah. (laughs) And it's just, and, and again, like I know I already said this, but just to reiterate to all you allies out there, how, spectacular it feels when you know that your friend is being misgendered and you step in on their behalf yes it's just great it's just wonderful and I feel like that 
it's interesting that a lot of times when I'm in those situations where an ally speaks up for me and I'm like, thank you, mm-hmm. there is no conversation. It's just someone says she, my friend says they. Mm-hmm. Conversation keeps going. But it's like if I do it, suddenly it blows into this thing and I'm like, I don't want to feel like I'm on display right now. Right. I just want to make sure that you see me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't want to take center stage. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I just want to make sure that you see me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And that is not a preference. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Uh, it is not a preference. <laughs> it's not a preference. It is a part of my identity. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, and then that's that I always get caught up in when certain organizations or people will say, we've, you know, and tell me like we've introduced preferred gender pronouns and, and they're so excited about it. And so there's a, there is a part of me that let's, sometimes I will let it go Mm -hmm. because they are on the right track. And it's just, I mean, it is not a preference and it's really important that people understand that and at least they're doing something. Mm -hmm. And so it's finding that balance of when do I correct them? Yeah. You know, and who am I, and who is it? Yeah. But it really, it grinds my gears when people say that. not a preference. Nope. But I feel like that is that is um, especially kind of under the entire like queer umbrella. It's like everything has been introduced as like a preference, right? Like you don't have to accept it, but if you do, you know, mm-hmm. and like it was sexual preference, and it's like right or your lifestyle choice. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's like um, no, 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 no. Definitely, this is my identity. This is my life. This is me. This is my existence. Like right. It's not, a, it's not a preference. It's not, you know, a, a choice. I didn't go to the grocery store and go, mm, I'll have this one today. Like, it, you know, but I, it's, I, I'm hoping we continue to move away from that and really solidify the fact that, like, we are here, we exist, and this is not a choice. Right. You know? I just had this thought right now that I wonder if, if it's getting conflated with people not understanding that though this isn't a choice, we are actively choosing to live our authentic lives. Yeah. And so, right, because I, I am actively choosing to be out and mm-hmm. queer in all of these ways, mm-hmm. but I'm, I wasn't, I'm not, I didn't choose the identities that I'm holding. Exactly. So it's just, it's a, it's nuanced. Yeah. I think. I think someone, you know, and you go in the comments section, stay out of the comments section. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stay and out of the Occasionally, I'm just like, I'm curious. Um, and someone had made a comment about um, how, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, oh, millennials, and like, we have so many, you know, and now that they're creating all of these labels, and it's like, these are not new. Right. The, the, Way, the labels that we're using, the words that we're using may be new. Some, not even all. But the identities aren't new. Mm-hmm. We've had to find different ways to try to explain it because right. we have to keep explaining it. But it's not a new thing. This is not new. It's, mm-hmm. And maybe you weren't aware of it because you're not, it doesn't apply to you. But mm-hmm. like, it's, we didn't just like suddenly magically <laughs> right. spread out of the We're here. Crop, you know? <laughs> right. Like I love unicorns, but like we're we're not we're not unicorns. We're not like mystical magical creatures. Like we've always existed and so yeah, it's not like a trend. It's not a fad, it, you know, mm-hmm. but I find myself in a lot of those conversations lately. 
But I got to stay out of the comments section because it's exhausting. It is. <laughs> it's so exhausting. Yeah. I I very rarely will look at, com- at you know, on and then every once in a while, I'll I'll just be like, "What kind of asinine things mm-hmm. are people saying?" And then I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to know." Yeah, this this is so frustrating. Yeah, and I don't have the energy. There have been multiple times where when I do check it out, I'll like draft a response. I'm like, "I'm not getting into this." Yeah, I don't I don't even need to give my energy to this because I don't care. I I, I care so deeply that I can't care. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. Yes, yeah. and I think there's also, you know, kind of. Is is this truly this person's thought or opinion, or mm-hmm. is this just something that they're saying in order to get a rise, in order to, yeah. you know, because there's also attention given to that. And um, I think sometimes people can say or do things for that attention and it's like negative or positive it's still there and mm-hmm. so I'm like I don't want I don't want to add to that it's you know and and there's also the fact that a lot of this is internalized and so some people say some people make comments when they're grappling with their own identity and just like don't quite know how to express it and so they express it in the way that that it has been that society has painted it versus what they're actually feeling. And so sometimes I'm just like, you'll figure it out without me having to say anything. There's enough people involved in this conversation. Like, yeah, I trust that. <laughs> have you, um, do you follow this person named rain dove on Instagram? No. So they, I, I'm actually not sure their pronouns, but I'll, I'll use they for this purpose. And they get a lot of people messaging them really hateful things. Oh, and because they are, uh, I, I want to make sure that I'm uh, using the right words. In capital, it says gender capitalist, and they mm. post a lot of pictures presenting in different ways. And mm. um, I just, I don't want to misidentify them. But anyways, the point is, like, the, so this person messaged them and said, you gay because you too ugly to get a man. And then Rain responds with, I like your outfit. Mm. And then the person sends back, question marks and then says the one in your profile pic it's cool and then the person who just attacked them was like thanks i like yours too i like yours too now i feel weird (laughs) and then they go well i felt weird my whole life we have so much in common and then the other person goes not the convo i expected brb processing my emotions Mm. and like and they and they post a lot of these different conversations and uh it, it just i love I love it mm-hmm. because every single time, or maybe not every single time, but everyone they post, yeah. it's them just not even acknowledging the shit that someone had just said. Or if yeah. it is in this, like in a funny way, like someone was like, are you a boy or a grill? And so then they, they respond back and they're like, well, I don't know. I put some sausages on my body and they didn't <laughs> cook. So I don't know if I'm a grill. And then the person like attacked them again because they didn't understand that they had misspelled yeah. girl. And they're like, oh, wait you're funny. And then it like evolved into this beautiful conversation. And it's, you're right. I think people are just hating to hate because they're, they are dealing with something. Yeah. It's all, it's all a process. (laughs) Not that, I mean, you know, there is also very, very genuine rooted hate out there, but for sure, I think, um, I also try to be careful, especially on social media, of like assuming that I know everything about a person based on one thing they said, because that's right. also the treatment that we receive. It's like, oh, you think you know everything about me because 
<laughs> my pronouns or mm-hmm. you know my identity and it's like you know, it'd be nice for people to just like maybe take a chance and have a conversation with me first. <laughs> right. Like, you know, get to know me. Yeah. So do you do you read Brene Brown at all or no, follow her? I gotta, I gotta get back into reading. I well or she or she like listen to podcasts that she's been on or oh. she has a she has a Netflix special. She's just like I love her. And she talks a lot about like vulnerability and the armor that we put up mm. to protect ourselves from people like this yeah um and she just goes into such really great detail and such a smart she's really funny way about uh just thinking about what are these other people going through Mm. that they have to be like this Mm -hmm. and it's like something we learn i think when we're young of like you know bullies are usually the ones who are being bullied yeah but the way that she described it to me has honestly shifted my whole perspective and my whole way of interacting with people Mm. because I'm just like I feel sad for you why are you being so mean like you must be going through something Mm -hmm. so terrible Mm -hmm. you have learned you know what whatever it is you know whatever is okay yeah and I'm I feel so sad for you yeah how can I help you right how can we find common ground and work through this because I don't deserve this shit that you're doing mm-hmm. and you don't deserve it either. Yeah. And so it's just I highly recommend it's in the book Daring Greatly. And it just was for me it was life changing a way to, need, to interact. I need great books for the subway cuz especially lately. But yeah. <laughs> I will definitely check it out. Yeah. Um so speaking of books but not really. You are <laughs> you are a poet. Yes. And so um, I guess I said that because I want you to write a book of poetry. <laughs> I'm I'm working on it. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I w- would you want to share a, yeah. a poem with, with us? I'd love to. Great. Hang on. Pulling up the old phone. All right. Um, I call this one Untitled. I, I read things based on how I'm feeling. I'm feeling this today, so... <laughs> um, I rarely title my poems, but it's untitled. It's it's untitled. It's titled untitled for a reason. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> hey, sis, mister. Please don't cat call me. Yesterday, I'd be annoyed. Point out the massage noir dipped in straight fuckery. Hit you with that middle finger side eye with a dash of tell me to smell again and see what happens. But today... Today is not yesterday. Today you'll shatter me, rip away my wings, suck me back into your tornado of binaries, leave me naked, lost, bruised, and tender, and I can't call out of work misgendered. Hey, my friend. Please use my correct pronouns. I mean, all the time, not just when I'm around. I know you think it's just a preference, but preference is the preface that heteronormativity slaps across anything that challenges its chokehold on society. And while I want to say I sympathize because you come from a different time, somehow you managed to make the switch from landline to smartphone and dial up to Wi-Fi, AIM chats with ASL to swiping left or right, from Zanga to LiveJournal to MySpace to Facebook to the Twitter and the Instagrams and Snapchats. I'm pretty sure you can handle switching your she, her to a they, them. Just talk about me like there's two of me. Actually, you know what? I'm dope. Turn that two into a three. Hey, feminist group. 
Thanks for the arduous convo about the name and for adding that plus sign to make us all feel the same, but the work doesn't stop there. Because every other post is ladies this and women that and vagina vulva uterus pussy hats. And call-outs have been met with the unveiling of your fragility, tantrums about being forced to shift from ladies to folks, from pink pussies unite to badass activists, constructive discourse derailed by your tone policing, but I thought we were all about intersectionality. Hey, casting director. Thanks for lending your open mind, for reaching into the trans community and creating this lane of visibility, to cast trans actors, to play trans characters, for giving pushing the envelope the old college try. Just please remember that no two of us are the same. There's no trans trope, no type to fit. Each one of us will look, feel, sound, exist differently than the next. And if you forget this in your groundbreaking process, you'll send me spiraling down a dysphoric hole while I'll watch Saturday Church on a Sunday to pull myself back together, only to find my psyche rapidly chattering to a million fractured pieces, and I'm still creating the picture, so I don't know where they fall or um, how to put them back together again for the first time. True story. Dash the end. <laughs> that's, I'm, yeah, that's really good. I realize that I'm not standing in front of, like, people. <laughs> like, right. I, uh, right, is there the, more? The um, end. <laughs> I mean, I wish there were 35 minutes more. <sighs> that, that, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thanks for allowing me to share. Yeah, I remember I you, you performed that at a, um, a show that I hosted that you were performing in. I forget what it was called, but it was uh, during the pit. Right. Their queer festival yeah. last summer, I think yeah. it was. Um, and I just remember feeling full body chills and in tears. And now I have full body chills and, and almost in tears just because it's it's just like, damn. I wrote it in tears. I wrote it. At a, I, I, I literally watched Saturday Church on a Sunday after going through an audition process um, that were, they were looking for trans folk to essentially play themselves um and on the one hand it was like i'm used to as an actor playing another character and so if you go on audition and you don't get it well okay i didn't prepare enough or i didn't do this or i didn't do that and i was every time i went back i just realized like wow if i don't if i don't book this does that mean that i'm somehow not trans enough am I not mm -hmm. non-binary enough to exist in this thing and it really just like shattered me um and at the same time it was like it's just like all the this everything just everything and like constantly having to explain things and like where do I fit and and am I enough mm -hmm. you know and am I am I presenting in a way that makes me enough um, and, uh, someone at the audition was like, oh, have you seen Saturday Church? And I was like, no. And I went home and I watched it and I just like, <laughs> fell apart. It was like every piece of me had like literally ripped off into this like alternate universe thing where I was just like not even hovering above my body. I was like completely alien to every piece of myself and I was like how am I gonna I gotta get this back together because I gotta go to work tomorrow <laughs> like yeah. how do I wrap this up and I just started writing and it's been a constant struggle it's not like writing 
puts things back, to, puts me back together. But um, what is what Saturday church? I think I might be missing a piece. It's a oh, it's a it's a movie um, about. Uh, how do I sum it up in a way without like messing it up? It's um, it's a movie about a kid who, and I say kid, reminder that I'm 32, so when I say kid, I mean teenager. <laughs> it's like for some people, it's like not a child. Um, comes out to their mother, I believe. I need to go back and watch it. It's like it's like hard for me to explain only because like I watched it like completely fell apart and I own the movie and have not been able to watch it since because every time I try mm. to start, I'm so scared that I'm gonna go back to that place. Yeah. Um, but essentially it comes out um the grandmother, I believe, um, is just like not at all here for it. The mom's working a ton of hours and so she's not there and they end up um on the pier at the end of Christopher Street trying to like just kind of like aimlessly like wandering around and like not wanting to go home and um meet this group of friends and they would go there was like a thing called Saturday Church where um it was open to the community to come in and like get a hot meal and get clothes and just be able to be um apparently it used to like be like an actual like a real thing mm. um that I believe no longer is happening but don't quote me on that look okay. it up um so it's like a movie of like this kid kind of like gradually moving through finding their identity um and playing with like you know wearing heels and like there's like this beautiful scene where um someone puts like um what's that stuff called lip gloss I was like what's that <laughs> that stuff you put on it's like sticky um lip gloss on them for the first time and like what that feels like and um their first relationship it's a really beautiful movie um yeah i would recommend watch it <laughs> it's like it's a very beautiful movie um okay. it just like is attached to this like very rough point that i hit so it's hard for me to like even talk about it or to be articulate in talking about it mm -hmm. um at some point i hope to be able to watch it full fully again because it's it's really a great movie it just like also you know it's like memories of things just kind of like tangle up with mm -hmm. like music or movies or yeah for sure books and so it's like oh I want to go back to that but I can't yet because I'm like the fear of like what if I end up back in that place like that's like a wormhole or something but like what if I end up back there but yeah it it did definitely help me it helped to pull me out of that space, but it also just, it was like seeing myself so much mm -hmm. in the main character that I just like fell apart. Yeah. So watch it. It's a great yeah, movie. I'm, I, I want to. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching Boys Don't Cry mm. in high school and really seeing myself so much in Brandon's character, mm. even though I'm not a trans man, just just lots of similarities yeah. and falling apart and yeah. seeing it and and thinking okay so if I am a trans person I'm going you know my fate will be the same as his mm. and just you know because there were no positive representations anywhere yeah and so it it's just I can relate so much to just seeing yourself reflected back and and it just t tearing you apart yeah in, in a really big way yeah it's rough, but also empowering. It's <laughs> very <Yeah>. complicated. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I um I, I took a couple of notes about uh, just some parts of the poem that I want to talk about. Um, I can't call out of work misgendered. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. It is a lot. Of, we we already kind of talked about it, but it is so emotionally draining mm-hmm. and hard to constantly be misgendered. Yeah. And, and it takes a toll. Mm-hmm. It takes a toll. And the fa- and I love, I just, I can't call it of work misgendered is such a, a succinct and powerful way to describe that. I'm like, I know you can't. Yeah. That's like, you just kind of have to like take it on the chin and keep moving. But it's mm-hmm. like, then it keep like, it's like, I have to keep moving, but like, I'm, I'm literally cr- crawling and mm-hmm. like my hands aren't even gripping the floor anymore. And I'm just trying to like, you know, smile and no one understands really from the outside or they, they don't want to understand from the outside. And so I'm just like doing my best to crawl through and try to make it look (laughs) like I'm okay, but Mm -hmm. I'm not. And yeah. And then I love the part of, uh, the, all the different examples of the evolution of like technology and words. And it's like, it's so true. And people, I, the example I always give when I'm teaching is, we didn't know what emojis were or the word mm-hmm. emoji 15 years ago. Well, maybe 15 now, but 20 years ago. Yeah. And everyone's on board with that. Like, why Why is this any different? Remember back when we had our own um, language that we were using on AIM? Right. And now it's just completely normalized. Like, everyone, it's like, do you really? I was telling my mom, I was like, do you realize that a lot of the stuff that you use now came from us talking on AIM and, like, not wanting our parents to know what we were talking about? Like, that's where that came from. And you use it so normally, so you can't tell me that there are things you don't understand. Like, there are things you can't. Like, oh, it's just so hard. I'm just so used to this, and I just, like, can't get on. It's like, no, you can. Mm-hmm. You can. Because mm-hmm. you do. we're not saying LOL. <laughs> <You> <laughs> right? <know? laughs> exactly. Uh, right, and also, like, when people get married, they change their last names, mm-hmm. and it's not like people are like, well, that's not the name you were born with, so I'm not going to call you that. Exactly. No, immediately everyone's like, congratulations, yep. How, I mean, you know, I'm going to make sure your envelopes are addressed the right yeah. way, and it's like, why can't you, why is this any different? Nicknames. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I... I, I, I really, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, um, but... I, yeah, I'm like, don't give me that excuse because yeah. <laughs> I will immediately shut it down. Do not give me that excuse. Yeah. Like if you, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm the same way. Unless you're still, unless you're still using a rotary phone, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Except that would be cool. That would be cool. I think my brother has a rotary phone. He <sighs> collects phones and has a million different phone lines <sighs> and I, I admire it. It's cool. His wife does not feel the same way, but, um, <laughs> hi, yell. but, but I'm pretty sure he has a rotary phone. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh. And it's like connected to Google voice or something, which is <laughs> wild, but cool. I miss the sound it made when it would like recover from a number. This yeah. is not going to make sense to a lot of people, but if you remember using a rotary phone, you remember like when you turn it and it would click and then it would like make this like, like as it, yeah. Yeah. Also, or, and also if you messed up, it's like, oh, you have to start oh, all right. over. So you have to like hang <laughs> it up and pick it back up. Yes. And it's like, all right, two. <laughs> and there was no like, there was no being fast at a rotary phone. No. You were very much at the phone's mercy. Like how fast is this dog going to recover and next number? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, Good yeah. times. 
Except I will say I miss the ability to remember phone numbers. Yeah. I cannot, and it's I, I started talking to somebody I was dating in like 2007. I mean, we just started re, yeah. re, like re-talking, and I still knew her phone number. Oh, see? And I was like, that I don't know any of my friends' numbers now, Yeah, but your number I know still yep. 12 years later. Yeah. I was like, that, it's a skill I wish I still had, which I probably could still hone in, but I think like, it was time for that. Trying to force myself to memorize certain people's numbers mm-hmm. now just so like you know emergency situation if I don't have my phone with me how do I oh it's like filling out a job application when you realize you don't know anyone's number and it's like wait contact for who for what oh no is this in my phone oh yeah <laughs> like yeah I I want to make sure my brain is still like moving along working memorizing things <laughs> yeah mind exercises yeah uh i want to talk about the notion that you were describing of being trans enough and because i have i have struggled with and have thought about this so much and it wasn't it hasn't even been probably a year since i've owned using the word trans Mm -hmm. maybe a year maybe longer now i don't know time is funky yeah but it's (laughs) it's been very recent yeah. Like in comparison to all, all the years. Um, and it just, it for me, it took me just being like, I don't actually care what anyone else thinks and mm-hmm. I'm going to own this word and you can't tell me that I can't own it. Yeah. Because I am trans enough. I am enough. Yeah. And it's, that was empowering to do. But I still get those pangs of like, am I though? Yeah. It's like, have, am I, am, uh, I mean, I, yeah. I, I went through a period of time where it was just like, what what can I wear today? What do I what do I have that I can wear that will like show people? And it's like I don't have time for this. I'm also like I'm broke, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can't buy. I have like the dream wardrobe of what I would wear if I could wear what I wanted to wear, but like I got to do what I can do. So for now, it's just like oversized and a lot of t-shirts and um, just wearing what makes me comfortable. But it's like there's no uniform. Right. For any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, we don't, just like any other, anything, like, we're not clones, you know, we're, we're all people, like, I don't, I just, like, and it's like, no matter what I do, if you're going to misgender me, you're going to misgender me, like, you're just going to, that's, and that's not even, that's not me, that's on the person doing it, that's their stuff that they need to deal with. Um, so just like finding a way to live my life authentically and mm-hmm. whatever that means to me in that moment and, and trying to shake the pressure of like feeling like I have the entire community on my back and that I'm representing an entire community no matter what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That also gets very exhausting. It's like is this enough to show that, like, ah, we're all here? You know? yeah. It's like, I can only worry about me. But trying to own the idea that, like, just existing is radical. And, yeah. like, whatever mm-hmm. that means. Like, my identity doesn't change depending on what I'm wearing or, you know, yeah. Generally, I just dress for comfort anyway. That's mm-hmm. never changed. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, Yeah and trying to I feel like the only time now that I truly think about it is like when I'm catcalled 
because usually when that happens, I mean, if it's like me and a group of other people, I'm like, if you're not talking to me, but then it's like, oh, you, oh, you are, you are, oh, uh-huh. like in my head, I'm just like, wait, what, huh? hmm? <laughs> like, um, we're just like, I have to like hype, be like hyper aware of like, well, what do I look like to other people? Because I know what I feel like in here inside yeah. sorry no one can see what I'm pointing to I can see <laughs> you know it's like it's my identity but it's very much like it's internal and that doesn't change you know based on anything and like but what does that look like to other people mm-hmm. but then also do I care right and should I care right um and do I need to be the martyr to like try to I don't know <laughs> I don't know it's like on one hand I'm like there's no type and then at the same time it's like do I fit the type <laughs> like, right. knowing yeah. full well there's no type <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I think I mean for me at least it's not, for me it's not necessarily do I fit the type but it's can I fit like can I be accepted for who mm. I am so it's not yeah. it's not like I'm this kind of trans person it's yeah. just as who I am Am I going to be accepted in this space? Yeah. Um, but I, I think about about that a lot of just me feeling really lucky that I was able to have top surgery mm-hmm. and the privilege behind being able to do that. Yeah. And and then how people read me and like, do I care? Yeah. And, you know, you're not on hormones. You're not. A tra- and I'm like, who? OK, great. Neat. Yeah. Like just because I had this doesn't mean I need to have that exactly. to be a trans person. Yeah. There's not a prescription. Yeah. Um. But I try – I make a point in every th- workshop that I teach to have a conversation about gender expression and mm-hmm. how we all are doing the best we can with what we have. Right. And that not everybody has access to having top surgery right? or to buying this wardrobe yeah. that matches what their gender identity is. Exactly. And so it's on you, people in my workshop, to not make assumptions about folks – based on their expression. Yeah. We call this gender attribution where we attribute gender to someone based on their expression. Yeah. And it's just it's this thing that they've never had to think about before. Mm. And it's like I need you to think about it yeah. because it's it causes it can cause trauma and it can cause emotional, you know, what that is, trauma, but lots of problems and issues for folks when you are assuming things about them mm-hmm. based on the way that they look. Yeah. And also people some people don't want to quote unquote pass mm-hmm. and fit a certain mold and people and even the folks who want to might not have access to exactly. and so there's all these different levels of just the intricacies of what it, it means to be queer and how yeah. it manifests and is expressed and I, I think it can I think it can be overwhelming to a lot of people mm-hmm. to to really I, you really have to want to wrap your brain around it. Yeah. And I don't know how many people want to wrap their brains around all of those different nuances and yeah. what those what they all kind of mean. And it's a it's a process. Yeah. It's it's not again, we don't just like spread out of the ground. It's a process. Mm-hmm. And yep. Doing anything takes time it it's like there's you know it's like if you're moving through this world and you're constantly having to worry about like just explaining something as simple as pronouns to someone 
Mm-hmm. It's like that in itself is exhausting. And then you're still like trying to sit with yourself and figure out like, what do I want to do? What do I need to do to feel comfortable in this like body that I'm in? And like, feel like I, I, what I, what I am on the inside matches what's on the outside, mm-hmm. you know, matches what I, it's like what the, the image that I see of myself when I'm looking in my mental mirror, does it match mm-hmm. what I, what the image that I see when I look in the actual mirror? Or am right. I kind of just like avoiding that image that mm-hmm. is reflected back to me? Um, I might, like, I'm still trying to figure that out. And that's, it's, it's difficult. I also, I've had an eating disorder since I was four. And mm-hmm. so a large part of recovery for that is like really being able to learn to accept your body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like mm-hmm. learning to accept it eating disorder wise, but also like there are, th- so it's like anything that makes me uncomfortable or that I f- like, I look at and I'm like, Ooh, it doesn't like quite match what I want to see. It's like, okay, is it the eating disorder? Is it this, is it my identity? Is it, th- and constantly having to be very aware of that to make sure that I'm not like spiraling on one end or spiraling on the other end mm, is really, it's like another thing that I have to grapple with that's really hard to explain to people. And mm-hmm. so like, I I feel like I'm just barely kind of starting to think about what's gonna make me comfortable for my body. Mm-hmm. Um, because I finally gotten to a point where it's like, okay, I think I have a good enough handle on the eating disorder where like if I'm Start, I can start looking at my body and really taking it in again to mm-hmm. be like, okay, now where is this sitting as far as like how I want to – like where does this sit as far as like my freedom to the world and like what that means for me and how I want to move through this world. Um, but that's like a new part of the journey that I'm like just barely starting to be able to like really sit with. And it's terrifying but also liberating but like – one of those things that like I can't always talk about as much because it again then takes like explaining a whole other section of myself in order to like have the conversation but I'm getting there yeah slowly but surely but it's a process (laughs) yeah it's absolutely a process and it's it's I've had to learn so much self-patience and just being gentle with myself yeah. and just letting and and constantly reminding myself that it's a journey and a process yeah. and it, because it can be it can be so hard there's pressure everywhere yes from everybody to to figure it out it's yeah. like how do you not know it's like well, I don't know because we've been forced to be socialized in a certain way yeah uh, which I learned uh, from Chloe Kozer of like the notion oh, of being Chloe. forced yeah uh, socialization which I my mind is still blown by that because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true uh, and it's it really is just I can't it the I rem, I just remember thinking back of when you were talking about looking in a mirror of looking in a mirror before top surgery mm-hmm and just cry, weeping mm-hmm. and, and, and just being like, and saying out loud, like, who is this person? Mm. I don't even know who this person is. And yeah. just feeling so 
sad mm-hmm. that 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 was that I was like that well this is it this is my life yeah and like not feeling that there was any way around it and and then that that kind of like mixed with not knowing any other person who had had top surgery but wasn't a, a trans man yeah and I was like well is this even a thing <laughs> and so I I one day was just like I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do it, mm-hmm. and then event, you know, eventually I have met other people who have. But yeah. I did it without knowing anybody, and it was the scariest. But also, how you were saying, like scary, but also like freeing and yeah. liberating of owning something that would ultimately make my life better, mm-hmm. whether or not I knew anyone else who had done it. Exactly. And it just was so. It was such a. And for me, it was. The second that it popped into my mind that I needed to have top surgery, it, w- it never wavered again. Mm. I maybe, I, you know, but people would ask me, like, but what if you, when you have kids, won't you want to breastfeed? And I was like, why are you assuming I want to have kids? Yeah. A. B, there are me- plenty of mothers or parents uh, who can't breastfeed. Yeah. Um, so you're fine. Get off my back. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know? And there are also babies who don't um naturally take to being breastfed right i was one of them mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's like they're yeah it's people like question things more like it's just like what is true for one is not true for all yeah and we do you know jessica henderson yeah so she was just on uh, uh this the last the last episode yes. before yours and we were talking about that prescribed journey mm-hmm. of people are so caught up in their in what is prescribed to them mm-hmm. and we were we just wondering how many people would not follow that if they could yeah if they didn't if they could just realize that you can do whatever you want yeah do be authentic and just I I'm so curious. I wish there was a way to just turn on a switch at one point, right? And just like everyone who who could be living a different life lights up. Yeah, and it's like look around. Yeah, you are not alone. And what what can you do to have a happier life? Exactly. I feel like I've had I've had the privilege of having some of those conversations with people. Usually when I'm out at like a bar, and I'll start talking about my identity, and someone will be like, Oh wow. You know, technically, I I align more with that, but because people won't, it's like hard to. It takes work to be able to like say it. Yeah. So I just say that I'm this instead, and I'm like, okay, well, just know that like it's possible. Right. <laughs> you know? Totally. I have had very similar conversations, verbatim what you just yeah. said, and it's like I, I hope one day that you can know that it's okay to own those identities and those yeah. words and and hoping that our conversations with them like you without you exactly know, will eventually empower them because they're seeing that we are moving yeah. through the world and even though we talk about how hard it is yeah, it, yeah. it's also great it's, for me I mean I don't want to speak for you but it is no and it's yeah. it's it's I would rather life is hard yep period life is hard I'd rather it be hard while living my truth yes than have it be hard and also be hiding 
and trying to make other people comfortable and have Mm -hmm. it still be hard. And a million percent, yes. We can say that because we've lived both sides of it. Right. (laughs) Right. And it's like, no, I'd much prefer where I am now to where I was, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago. So, yeah, it's hard, but life is hard. Yeah. I'd rather just like, yeah, I'd rather live as I am. Yeah. And Um, I love the way you said that. That was awesome. Because it just is. It's like, why would you make your life harder? Yeah. And I do understand there are certain circumstances where it's not safe to of be course. who you are. And I and I don't think either of us are discounting that at no. all. But, but I just, I, I, if I could wish for the world, mm-hmm. is, is this exact thing mm-hmm. of um, just people being able to live authentically. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, we've both talked about it even now of like, even where we are now still having those times where we can't be our full selves mm-hmm. or where we have to compartmentalize yeah so it's still ex- it's still there it still exists mm-hmm. you know but it's like the less you have to do it who it it does it makes things easier mm-hmm. or at least you feel more grounded it's being more at peace even in those moments of of complete chaos mm-hmm. um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I'm just was thinking back of it almost. Uh, this is I'm I'm working this out right now as I'm saying it, and I don't, this might be ri- completely ridiculous, but it's almost like in those moments when when I'm compartmental compartmentalizing. It's a hard word to say. <laughs> um, it almost and and when I'm not being seen, mm-hmm. I, I want to reframe it for me to be like, well, I'm like a superhero. Yes, and. My true authentic identity is something that you aren't seeing right now, mm-hmm. and that is your loss. Mm-hmm. Because when I rip off my clothes <laughs> and I'm Superman or whatever, that felt so weird. That was weird. Uh, then you're going to be blown away. Yeah. And so I wonder if that's a way that I can um, reframe to make those moments easier. I definitely, I definitely feel that sometimes where I'm like, ooh, it's like my secret identity. And like you just – and some people – aren't worthy of seeing it mm-hmm. and that's okay to do yeah. um but even just reframing sometimes those moments of like i'm not hiding you're just not ready to see who i really am and yeah. that's okay but that's you that's not me i'm mm-hmm. not gonna i'm not there's if i can if i can pare down on some of the things that i have to internalize myself then you know i have like a few less moments of depression and you know and, and spiraling and trying to like pull myself back together again and I could use that self-care yeah. <laughs> definitely use that it is uh, my friend Suzanne introduced me to the notion of self-care we were on an improv team together called hot again and for, and this is not even that long ago like maybe <laughs> five years ago but I remember her just talking about self-care and mm. and it was such a mind-blowing notion to me right? and I was like tell me more about this self-care you, <laughs> you mentioned <laughs> and it just was like taking care of yourself what saying no when I don't want to do something Ugh. and because I remember it was this was before top surgery mm-hmm. and I was um I was like talking to her about hooking up with somebody mm-hmm. and um f- I was feeling uncomfortable with them touching my chest mm but I didn't know that I could say, don't touch my chest. Oh. I just thought that once you were like in a, in, in it, yeah. that, and that you could just, that it was part of hooking up. Was yeah. They got to touch 
my chest. Yeah. And I was telling her, and so I was telling her this, and her face was just, it was a mixture of like mortified for me, but like in a caring way and also mm. feeling sad for me and just, and because I remember saying to her, that's just the way it's going to be. Like, I'll just have to deal with it. And she was like, no. Yeah. You can say, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And like, you can set those boundaries. And I was like, what are boundaries? (laughs) I just like, she was like introducing (laughs) to me all these things. And, and then, um, did you ever watch Transparent? Um, no, it's like, it's still on my list of like, sit down, watch this. And I think I started and then like, did, I was like, I need time. Yeah. There's, um, there's a scene in, I think it's the latest season, um, where Allie is in a, a hookup situation. Allie's one of the, the kids and has this exact moment with somebody mm. and is like, I don't think, I forget now exactly how it goes down, but the partner or is like, you, I don't have, like, you can tell me no. Mm-hmm. And Allie was like, wait, what? And I was like, I, holy shit. Like, that's so, having those moments where it's like the permission to see it. Yeah. And me and Jessica were talking about this in the last episode too. And it actually comes up in a lot of the episodes of that visibility and the representation of just even knowing that something, it's like you have to see it to mm-hmm. know that it exists in most cases. Except for me, for top surgery, that was different. But, but I was just, I was blown away. I was floored that, yeah. that this interaction was happening on TV. And I was like, how many people are going to, learn something from this moment and feel empowered to say, please don't touch me yeah. in this spot. It makes, I can't, I, it was like, but I disregarded how I felt and I was like, well, this person wants to touch them. So okay. Alrighty. Yeah. And then hated hooking up with people because oh, I just wow. was like, well, I hated it because I, wow. you know, I was just, I felt so stuck. Yeah. Wow. That's, Add that to the list of things I need to sit with. Whew. Yeah. But it's one of it's like you, yeah. That's I feel like that's part of the self care is like really just like asking yourself like what am I okay with and what mm-hmm. am I not okay with? What boundaries do I need to set for myself? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's you know, it's I feel like if you make the space to have those moments with yourself in private, then it's easier to then set them once you are in the situation and it's so much harder in the moment to be like oh wait not okay not okay yeah (laughs) like wait but where is this coming from but you know um but also like in those moments is just be like i don't know why this isn't okay but also like don't do that yeah (laughs) um yeah wow and then and then also just knowing that those can change Mm -hmm. because i think for the longest time for me I thought that once something was something, it was something. Yeah. And it couldn't, there was no flexibility involved. And I've, over the years I've learned, no, something that felt okay today can Mm -hmm. feel terrible tomorrow and then feel okay again on Friday. Yeah. Um, And that, that's what communication's about. And like having constant conversations around consent and, Mm -hmm. and free consent with yourself and with other people. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's. I'm grateful that I was able to learn that, that yeah. things can change <laughs> and that things aren't set in stone always. It always like, it fascinates me the things that I feel like the reputation that we have as a generation 
I don't know if I naturally want to say millennials because um, I don't fully feel connected to that. It, I feel like we kind of ended up being this like lost generation in between, mm-hmm. and then it was like millennial, and it's like, am I part of that? Am I? Where do I fit? Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but getting to the point where it's like we're in our thirties and we're like self care. Right? No, totally. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Mental health. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And it being such a, just like a new kind of like, why, why, why am I just now learning this? I know. (laughs) Right? Why is it therapy? Like, it's, wow. But then we're supposed to be the ones that are like, you know. Oh, you're too sensitive about everything, and and it's like, oh, really? Cause I I just figured out what all of this stuff means. Like I just figured out that I am allowed to take care of myself. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, and the different levels of self care that it's like, yeah, self care is also setting boundaries. It's not just like you know going and get a massage or right. you know sometimes I tell people like self care can be as simple as just getting those gummy bears. Just mm-hmm. sitting in the corner for a moment and eating gummy bears. I love gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times that is my self-care. Um, yeah, like, or just, like, taking a moment on a hot day and, like, I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> like, totally. You know, it's, like, acts, it's literally taking care of yourself and whatever you need in the moment, which is, like, such a radical idea. Yeah. But also so simple. Yeah, and then also not feeling shame around it yeah because I, I remember I had a friend I I used to nap all the time mm. and, and or love just being inside mm-hmm. and I remember my friend always being like you live in New York City you need to be outside it's you're in the this is the best city in the world and and I was like yeah you're right like I should be doing that yeah. and so now I have this like guilt every time I'm inside and that's so stupid because it's fucking hot out and I'm outside when I want to be and I'm yeah. inside when I want to be and there, you don't tell me like right like I know where I live it's also like <laughs> there's I mean this city is so you're constantly bombarded with other people's energy mm-hmm. yeah and empath or not that's that's going to take a toll on you um I told him the other day, like 90% of the time, if I take a ride home versus taking the MTA, it's because I just like literally cannot absorb any more energy that day. And the thought of being surrounded by people on a train is just like, I just want to curl up in a ball and cry in the corner. And I'm like, nope, I will spend this money that I don't have to take this ride home because I just can't. The city is like, it's constant. It's like on the street. You never have a moment to yourself until mm-hmm. you're inside. And, right. you know, like you don't, we don't have those moments here. We can like get in the car and close the doors and like, ah, you right. know, right. I miss being able to take car naps. Can't do that here. Um, it's a car nap. Oh, it's the best. It's literally like when you're at work or you're just out somewhere and you're tired and you just need a quick little pick me up. You literally, you go, you get in the car, you recline that seat all the way back and you take a little nap. You wake up 30 minutes later. Pop that seat up and go back to what you're doing. I used to do that for my lunch breaks. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> like if you had like a rough day or if you just didn't sleep the night before or maybe you're just like, you know, you're depressed or whatever it is. It's like, I'm going to take a car nap. And it's like literally like I'm going to take my break and just go sleep in my car. And yeah, which depending on where you are, can't always do. But like if you can take advantage of it, if you have a car and you can take a car nap, oh, 
because it's just a moment to like get away and like, you close the doors and you're just in this little like pod to yourself mm-hmm. like and just like sleep I wonder what the New York version. Actually, aren't there places where you can take naps around the city? Yeah, I've I don't heard know that of I that. would do that. That makes me feel. I think we all are then like germs, bed bugs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, but love the idea. Yeah. Uh, I, like under, wasn't it George Costanza would take naps under his desk? Is that I, is that a thing? Was, okay, right, we're, we're getting the yes from Bobby. <laughs> That's Thumbs <true>. up. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess know. that would be the, or like, yeah, where? I don't know. I we, you know what it is? Staying home. Right. <laughs> Staying inside and yeah. not. Yes, exactly. Not going out. I mean, that's like the best when you can have a weekend just at home. Mm-hmm. Oh, but then that feeling Monday morning when you have to finally leave again, you're like, ah. I don't want to. <laughs> it's like constantly <laughs> coming back from vacation. <laughs> that feeling when you land and you get off the plane, you're just like, oh, I'm back. Yeah. That's uh, if it's rocking out your front door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life. <laughs> Daunting. But no, staying at home, like when you can do it, especially because it's such a rare thing. Like when you can stay home and just like, oh, are we able to stay home and stay in bed? Oh. And that's the literal dream. Oh. And not, and like hopefully not mentally guilt yourself about everything you quote should be doing. Right. Because I do that a lot where I'm like, oh, but I should be doing this or I should be answering emails. Or, mm-hmm. huh. It's like, no, just like, I'm just going to lay here and watch movies. Yeah. Or Netflix. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Okay. Um, so you are hosting a really fun festival coming up. Yes. This week. Yes. Can you so tell to just tell us everything? Okay. Sorry, I was like changing gears. That's my yeah. sound when I'm changing. Totally, gears. I'm with you. Um, we're talking about breaking your silence, right? Uh, or I was actually thinking about flame. Con. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, see, that's but why I'll I was s- like switching gears. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, switching extra extra gears. Okay, yes, because my brain is like, um, yes, FlameCon, yes. August 17th and 18th, Sheridan Times Square. Um, it's amazing. Uh, we talk about spaces and like not having to compartmentalize. Um, FlameCon was one of the first spaces where I was like, whoa, I can just be here. And like not almost like be visibly invisible. Um, mm-hmm. Meaning like I don't have to explain anything. Uh, you walk in anywhere you go. We have like the pronoun um, name tags. You can like pick your pronouns, put your name on there, pop that on your shirt or wherever, and go about your business um, and just be. Uh, there's a lot of for anyone who doesn't know what FlameCon is. Sorry, because like, I was just I gonna just, say, like, just like right, back? Can, like <laughs> rewind back. I got so excited. <laughs> yes. So FlameCon is an all queer con that happens once a year. Um, it's hosted by Geeks Out. What's a con? Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, how would you describe a con? A convention. A convention. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like, yeah. Yeah. It's anything. It's geek culture, but it's literally anything that you consider geek culture. I feel like FlameCon is amazing in the fact that like there is no, you don't have to be a specific sort of 
quote geek in order to go and enjoy yourself like anything you're into you will find someone else there who is into it um and there's uh there's a whole convention floor where you can go to different tables with like you, i mean i go broke every year because <laughs> mm-hmm. i buy so much stuff um but just like really cool like comics that you've heard of or maybe haven't heard of um there's uh there'll be people there who like create music for video games there's people who sell things with like 90s pop culture um there are uh it's like it's everything (laughs) it's literally everything um and there's panels that align with um geek culture and also intersectionality and um yeah, it's like everything in a weekend. <laughs> Anything that you consider geek culture in a weekend that is queer um, will be there. Um, yeah, and I host the main stage. <laughs> and I was like, where do I bring this back? What do I do with it? Right, I host the main stage. Um, so if you come hang out with me all weekend, if you'd like, or if you're like, I don't know anyone here, but I really want to go. Well, guess what? You have a friend. Come find me at the main stage. You can hang out. Um, and yeah, we can, we can, uh, I can direct you to some great tables, some great people. There's amazing performances that happen the entire weekend at the main stage. I believe dubs. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you for coming out as playing at FlameCon. I'm really excited. I'm looking right now to see what time. I believe. Oh, it's not on my website. <laughs> we have our time, but it's I think it's a 7 p.m. But check the website later for more information. I think it's like that 6 to 8 o'clock block. It's somewhere in there. Great. I know that definitely for sure. But, yeah, there's a lot of amazing um, queer groups that you've heard of and some groups that maybe you haven't heard of, and it's just like a great way. There's We have podcasts that come. We have, It's everything. It's, it's everything. It's almost like overwhelming. <laughs> Because it's just like so much queerness and positivity and love and acceptance and support in one weekend. And it's also a con convention. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just get to be yourself. It's a cosplay contest. Ha! My, I like forgot my favorite part um, that happens. And you do not have to sign up ahead of time. If you want to be in the cosplay contest, you come in your favorite cosplay you sign up right before we announce the cosplay contest, and then you get to sassy across the stage, and I do a quick interview, and you get to show us who you're cosplaying as. It can be anything, anything. We've had some amazing cosplay. Last year, my favorite was um, Wanda Woman. Um, it was someone who came dressed as Wonder Woman, but as Wanda from In Living Color and oh, like oh my combined gosh. them together. It was amazing. Um, so yeah, it's like get creative. I I always think about cosplaying, but then I'm also hosting and I, so I'm like, I'd have to like figure out something that would move with me all day or do costume changes. I don't know, to figure that out. But yeah, it's amazing. Um, I don't know if Louie's going to DJ again this year. Let's hope he does because like... Oh, Louie had this disco playlist last year that I was just, it gave me so much life. Like the entire time I was there, it was just like every between acts, he would like pop on the music and just like, there was like one Sesame Street d- disco version of something that I was like, this is amazing. What am I listening to? Well, that's awesome. So yeah. Um, come have fun with us though. Yeah. Come check us out. Yeah. And by us, I mean really you and well, then thank you no, for coming out. Both of us. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be there. Uh, awesome. So uh, do you, did you think of a most epic 
would you rather question? Oh, I could, I could, I couldn't think of one. That's okay. I couldn't think of one. Well, I'll ask you, I'll ask you the last one. Okay. And then no stress that you didn't think of one. Okay. It's all good. So would you rather always get eight hours of sleep every night or not get eight hours a night of sleep, wait, of sleep every night, but you can nap anytime you wanted? Oh, what does that feel like? I'm trying to <laughs> like, what does eight hours a night feel like? And what does napping all the time feel like? Yeah. And like you can nap in your car. You can nap under your desk. Oh, wow. Oh, I just figured out the answer to our question before. What's okay. the New York version of a car nap? It's it's napping on the train. People who are able to Ooh. fall asleep and wake up in time for their stop, it's that. Wow. Um, nice. I feel that's amazing when you can do it. Yeah. Um, I think I would I would mm, I'd rather have the eight hours a night. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I it's tough for me to like stop doing things. I definitely I do love naps, especially when I'm like working and then also teaching and then like have a little time um and then have a show it's sometimes like running home for that quick hour just like hopefully not knocking out too hard but when I can nap in between things it it does definitely help it'll definitely I've I've had a couple times in the winter where it's like I thought I was getting sick and was like no I can't get sick and like that 30 minute nap that I was able to sneak in is like what kept me from getting sick but generally, it's hard for me to, like, turn my brain off to nap. So mm-hmm. I figure, like, yeah, but eight hours, when I can get it, oh, it makes for such an amazing day. Yeah, that sounds strategic. Otherwise, it's coffee. Mm-hmm. Lots of coffee, which is not doing what it used to do anymore. So I've got to find something else. Yeah. Two coffees <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, okay, so this last segment is the rapid fire section. So oh. I'm just going to ask you questions quickly. Okay. And then, um, why am I like preparing? Like, <laughs> well, it's like a big deal. Supermarket <laughs> sweeps. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> um, and then just, so just answer as quickly as you can. So writing or reading? Writing. Acting or singing? Singing. Dogs or cats? Cats. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Biking or running? <laughs> running. <laughs> <laughs> I just have this, I just have this vision of someone just being like, no. my brain was like neither (laughs) i felt that (laughs) um bagels or donuts celiac oh (laughs) sorry no that's that is that is uh train or plane train pants or shorts shorts coke or pepsi my brain just went no (laughs) great (laughs) night or day night favorite dessert Ooh. Anything from baby cakes. What's baby cakes? It's it's a bakery. It's like all gluten free, soy free, dairy free, um, vegan. Which like no animal products aside from. Well, I guess is that dairy free too. Well, all right, I said it. I'll own it. Um, and then they don't use a lot of sugar, so it's like I can eat. I walk in and I can eat anything I see in the case, which is amazing. Where is it? Mm. Um, it's on Broom Street. Like right off of Orchard, do those intersect? Because mm-hmm. East the Lower East Side gets very confusing. But it's on Broom Street. Um, you can't miss it because it says like, well, like either side of it is like really not much going on. And then like you see this big white sign with black letters that says bakery. That's baby cakes. Cool. 
it's, it's check it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. very good. It's very very good. Awesome. What's your social media? Uh, How can we follow you? Oh, my social media is uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mainly Instagram. That's like the one place where I like consistently put things up. Um, my poetry page is at Fautress. It's T H O U G H T R E S S. So just thought and then R E S S. Um, and then me, just like the rest of me, all of me, other side of me, um, is at Lene DePriest, L Y N A E D E P R I E S T. Um, and then I also have a Facebook page for my poetry as well. If you look up at Thoughtress on Facebook, um, I'm on the Twitters, but that's mainly to yell at the MTA, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and tweet at Delta when they can't find our captain for three hours. It's a whole oh, other story. Oh, I saw that. Oh. That's so. It was I, like, how? Right? <laughs> like, yeah. But then it was so awkward because my flight home, they like sent the flight attendant to come over and apologize. No. But it wasn't the same flight crew, so it was very awkward. Oh. She was like, are you Lin, Lin, Linnae? I was like. Yes. Oh, um, I just wanted to apologize on behalf of I won't say the airline, and then walked away. And I was like, "Oh, was that for like my seatmate was like, what just happened?" And I was like, "Oh, I think that was for the flight coming when I was leaving, but also like that was a different flight crew. They're not even based in the same. It's just weird. I just felt uncomfortable. So it's like that's like." That's like having an issue in a store in New York and then like having someone at a store in Atlanta issue an apology to you. It's mm-hmm. like, but you didn't do, okay, just that's, well, I feel like it's one of those moments where we, I, and I was talking to someone about this, about feeling empowered behind a screen. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, I, I would imagine that you were friendly enough yeah, and yeah. you were just annoyed and frustrated. Yeah. So you're like, where the F is our captain. Right. But... But then having to confront confront someone in real life about yeah. something you had tweeted about had to have been just like, wait, what? It, I- was, well, it was also like it would have it would have been more impactful because I ended up tweeting afterwards just being like, hey, you know, we waited three hours to locate our captain. Like, is this normal behavior for your airline? Because that's concerning. Um, because when we got when we landed. We ended up landing almost an hour later than we should have landed, like even with the three hour delay. Mm. And we got a very MTA style apology mm. <laughs> where it was like, I'm still in New York. Um, and it just, you know, it was like, well, maybe this is normal for them because it's not for me, but maybe this is a thing that just happens with this airline a lot. So it was also just like, do I need to expect this? Right. Um, because I still have miles left and I don't have a lot of money to be like traveling on like with like money, money. Even though miles come from money, money, that's like, it's, yeah. But, um, yeah, and also just, like, could I maybe get some miles back for this, like, to help me out? Because, like, you turned my regular flight into a red eye. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that, like, kind of ruined my trip because I spent the most of it, like, two days of it, of the three days, completely jet lagged. So, yeah, that's, it was, like, uh, this would have been more poignant if it come from someone who was on that flight Mm -hmm. like it should have but it should have happened to everyone on that flight before we got off not like a weird (laughs) (laughs) she clearly didn't know what had happened it was just like hey go to the seat and tell them sorry i don't even think she knew (laughs) what she was saying sorry for that's so weird okay (laughs) i also just wonder every time that i've tweeted at a company 
like what that would feel like to have someone in person be like, we're sorry. <laughs> On behalf of all of us here at Insert Company Name. Uh, I was like, I don't know if this was even worth tweeting about. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, and it was the way that she apologized was like she had done something wrong. And I was like, mm. but you didn't do it. Yeah. Like, what? Who made you do this? So <laughs> like, it made me want to tweet at them again and be like, hey, don't do that. Like, <laughs> right, don't right. let your employees know I do not like this. <laughs> That's so funny. Um. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for and having me. For commiserating and this just was knowing. Amazing. Yeah, this was really fun and <sighs> just great. Yeah. You're great. I feel like lighter and like yay community. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It helps so yay much. community really does help. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You for Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.